Welcome back. Glad you guys are here. We are in your face with Matt and Lisa. Unraveled, unraveling in your face. <laughs> there tonight. you go. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you guys again for joining us on this next episode. Episode number five. It is Whoa, five a full weeks. hand. That's right. A whole hand. Just yeah. like we told our kids when they turned five. It was five. a whole hand. <laughs> we are a whole, whole hand. hand in weeks right now yeah. on Unraveled. So thank you guys again for helping us do this. So, all right. Well, I mean, we've covered some cool stuff in the past couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Some very personal stuff with our family, our kids, yeah. our, you know, our girls, and cystic fibrosis. The journeys that come along with that. So, we're going to jump away from that today and kind of talk about our our experience in ministry, what that looks like in in yeah. twenty twenty two years of being mar- married. Now, we were also in ministry before we were married we together were. Uh, we were. in youth ministry, and so. Man, uh, there, there's so many great memories, so many great things we've had the chance to be a part of in different churches, but there were also some rough battles along the way, some tough Absolutely. journeys Absolutely. that uh, we had to heal from. And so today we want to talk about what that looks like. What is what is healing from church hurt looks like? What, what does church hurt look like in general? Mm-hmm. So let's get started. It's going to be... Ooh, uh, boy. It's going to be a, a, a sensitive topic. You I know, feel like it might you, touch some nerves. Yeah. If you haven't like sat down and had a cup of coffee yet, now might be the time to yeah. grab a cup of coffee and uh Some of you might get need something cozy. stronger, but that's okay. You know? <laughs> it's time to get cozy. Let, let, <laughs> let's get real and let's unravel church Absolutely. hurts. Uh, this will definitely be a much... Um, harder topic for us to talk about and to uh, share our stories because you know when you go through a church hurt those scars um, are things you carry with you always and so we have endured a lot of those and um, walked through a lot of those some of those we are still healing from today those wounds have not fully healed and so we are going to be super raw and transparent with those things um but uh, we will say that we will uh, leave out names to protect the innocent and not so <laughs> <That's> innocent. <right. laughs> yeah. But uh, we do want to make sure that we are um, very careful with that. We know many of you have actually walked these journeys with us. You have been in ministry with us. And so we also want to be respectful of that and cautious of that. Yeah, and our, our, our goal here isn't to bash church. It's not to no, bash church not. ministry at all. If that's your calling, I mean, we are right there with you. We're, <laughs> we're, we're working, we're rowing alongside you there, mm-hmm. hopefully in the same direction for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, we don't, we don't want to bash the church or, or, or make anything negative as far as how that looks, especially for people who are going to church, who are part of churches and, and just, you know, living life like normal and love the church. Cause we do, we love the church. We love ministry. And, uh, you know, even so many times that we have been hurt and that we've experienced hurt as a couple or as individuals, um, we're still doing this. We still love, we still love being a part of God's church and we love, uh, seeing what church can do, uh, man, when it's, when it's lined up biblically, when it's doing what it was created to do, uh, so long ago. So, all right, so let's jump into this and, and, and talk about this. I mean, what, what you want to, should we talk about like our very first church hurt experience and what it felt like sure okay get going all right you well, do it okay. go husband <laughs> <laughs> i guess she's putting it all on me well i would say probably our first full-time uh church experience was was one of our toughest battles mm-hmm. and so um man i don't want to i don't want to get into too many details about it but um it was you know, our, again, our my our first full time experience, but it also didn't end well for us. Correct, um, because it it ended on a negative experience and and us uh, parting ways and never really having any communication mm-hmm. again from that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, why don't you want you want to talk a little bit about what that looked like for you as a wife mm-hmm. at the time? Yeah, I think for me, because um, I really wasn't involved in the church ministry at that time. Um, our children were very young, and so I was, you know, very busy with them. And so I wasn't involved in the church ministry as much. I would serve occasionally, and you know, I had my like 
weekly by weekly rotation that I would serve. But um, my job at that time was to be your helpmate and to be your support. And I think the hardest thing for me as we went through this was trying to support you well and to bite my tongue because I have a real problem with being <laughs> um, honest and I'm transparent to to a fault at some points. I, I don't like to candy coat things. And um, I would say you don't have a problem being honest. Yeah, you say you have a real problem with it. I believe you don't. So um, I believe it is a spiritual okay, gift. True, true. Of honesty. But um, I feel like at that time, especially, I, uh, God has really worked on me in. Um, taming my tongue over the years but at that time specifically it was very hard for me as we walked through that to pick my words carefully and also to support you the right way and not to be um the wife that was saying you know you deserve better you why are you letting them do this why are we doing this this is ridiculous we shouldn't be part of this and so I think there's that side of it for me that was very challenging as your wife and helpmate to truly be helpful instead of hurtful when internally I was like, what the actual heck is going on? This yeah. sucks. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I think for me that was one of the biggest things. And then also making sure that the hurt that was being caused to you um, I had to try to guard my heart in that as well because that was starting to pour into me. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was, it was fun. So <laughs> I, I I look back and I think one of the bigger words that that popped into my mind um, the most that we got to talk about um, that we've talked about over the years and how it became, you know, we started laughing about it and we started making jokes about it, but it was that word perception mm. and how. You know, the, the the place we were at, we were we were being told that it's all about perception. Yeah. People have to perceive that everything's going great. They have to perceive that there are no major problems in our lives. We have to they have to perceive that there are no struggles <laughs> in our marriage, in our finances, in our personal lives. Mm -hmm. um, so um, let's talk about that idea for a second there, and, and that that word perception. Just basically, it's it's almost to me like. Um, you know, let's let's deceive. Yeah. You know, let's not be real. Let's uh, let's put on the show, mm -hmm. which in, you know, for many people who have been in church for a long time, uh, we know what that looks like. Especially, we know what that looks like from a church goer. We know what that looks like from uh, church leadership mm -hmm. of what putting on a show looks like. Yeah. And to me, so so when I think of that word perception and how that that came up in so many different conversations at that time, um, it's. You know, again, we've, we've joked about it at this point, you know, at, at this <laughs> yeah. point in time of our lives because we've, we've, you know, kind of moved past that. But it was it was tough for us because, um, you know, looking back at that time period, I, I could honestly say it was one of the more difficult financial struggles we ever had in ministry. Absolutely. We were young parents. <laughs> Absolutely. We had a year and a half old daughter. We were uh -huh. pregnant mm -hmm. with our second daughter mm -hmm. and not even knowing what that was going to bring along, as you've yeah. seen over the last couple of weeks yeah. and, and how what that was going to look like. But um, And even just further after the birth of our second daughter and how that word perception, again, mm -hmm. played into everything there. So in our finances, in our marriage, mm -hmm. um, in, in everything, uh, in, our, in just my, my ministry as a worship pastor, um, all that stuff, that word perception just came up so much, you know, because people needed to perceive yeah. that everything was always okay and yes. always on the up and yes. up. We couldn't Financially, be real. Yeah. it had to be that way. Emotionally, it had to be that way. Parenting had to be that way. Uh, I mean, everything. Yeah. Uh, it was very important that everything was perfect and that's just not real. As we all know, life is hard and things are never going to be perfect all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to go through hard things. And when you can't be real in church, let alone when you are in ministry and you are working with the staff and you can't be real, there's a whole nother side of things that go south really fast. And that's what we saw happen. Yeah. 
And so we that spiraled real quickly. And um, we had to make some some harsh decisions as well, because we weren't going to live that way. That's not who we were. We attempted it. We uh, really tried to fall in line with what was being asked of us. And the more that we did that, the more that we struggled. Yeah. And the more that we felt fake, that we felt frustrated that we felt just inadequate and it really began not only to play a role in us mentally and emotionally but spiritually as well and it started the decline started i i I liken it to the idea of driving around with the check engine light on yeah you know it really was because no one on the outside you know the car sounds fine it looks like it's doing okay but on the inside there's something wrong yeah. There's something happening on, with that car that needs to be needs to be looked at, and that's kind of how it felt for us. As we were just we were driving around with the check engine light on on the outside, mm-hmm. you know the the everything looked great, the smiles, the, the you know the way we dressed, and you know doing our hair and you know putting on not not me putting on makeup. You know? <laughs> well, you but know, not then, yeah, at least not then. <laughs> <laughs> not that I do now. Yeah, not even for the show. This is this is all me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but just just the fact that we 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 did everything we could to to again putting on the mask, that figurative you know thing that we've mm-hmm. always heard about in church growing up, uh, putting on the facade that everything was okay while things were were breaking down inside because we mm-hmm. couldn't get it fixed. We weren't allowed to talk about it. We weren't allowed mm-hmm. to share it, mm-hmm. and we weren't allowed to be real and honest. And I think yeah. for so much of our time in that in that church um, that that's really one of the major things that weakened us absolutely was having to just stay quiet all the time and, mm-hmm. and, and not ask for help and uh, keep that, keep that pride up and mm-hmm. try to run it as <laughs> we know what we're doing mm-hmm. where everything's great. Everything's perfect. We're not struggling at all. And then even after again, like I said a minute ago, the, the, the birth of Emma um, just got even harder because uh, yeah. at yeah. that point, you know, we're trying to juggle something's wrong with our daughter, mm-hmm. but also being made to feel like, oh, you guys are just overreacting. You're, you're being helicopter you're, parents. Yeah, you're here. hovering too much. <laughs> yeah. uh, you just need to relax and, and let, you know, let your baby be a baby and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And you had to miss things. You had to miss out on major um, events and retreats and all that kind of stuff because um, you had to stay home with, with our daughter because something was just obviously yeah, wrong. She was sick all the time. So again, so those things again, played into that. Now let me disclaimer here. We don't have a script in front of us. I'll look at my computer from time to time, but we are totally and absolutely unscripted in everything we do each and every week. So <laughs> yeah. we may rabbit trail off and we may kind of go back and forth here, you know, looking at it from a, from a churchgoer standpoint to being on leadership standpoint. And, mm-hmm. and so I just want to put that out there that uh, we're these unraveling just means we, we are having those raw moments, those mm-hmm. real moments. And, and these are things we've laid up laid in bed at night talking about yeah. till three in the morning uh, because <laughs> a year or two later or 10 years later, something triggered us. And yeah. there was a, there was a moment where it's like, Oh my gosh, God, that reminds me when we were back at that one church or when we were back in that one area of ministry mm-hmm. and I'm just, I'm really having a bad night. I can't mm-hmm. sleep. I'm, yeah. I'm really bugged right now. And what that, I feel like often that what that is doing, that's us carrying. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the hard part about church hurt is, is carrying those things from church to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if they're not taken care of, if they're not talked about, if they're not, uh, laid down and left behind. So, mm-hmm. um, that's part again, why we, why we want to talk about this because, some of you that are listening, we know many of you on our Facebook pages and many of you that listen, you are in church ministry yeah, and you are most likely have, you know, you, you've had a negative experience at another church and you're bringing that from church to church or you're bringing that from your last church. And, and I'm a hundred percent, 110% guilty of doing that. You know, I'm, I'm, my wife would, you know, she's probably gonna nod her head as I say this, but, uh, man, I, I could really let things just eat at me like crazy from something that happened five years ago or something that happened where we were at before we moved to Texas or things like that. And, and I'll just, I'll just let it ruin my day. Right. I mean, I, I can, I'm good at letting things ruin my whole day. Amen. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I think we all do that though. Yeah. Um, I think that when there is something that triggered, uh, triggers us, something that we wouldn't, those things hit us 
And we have that moment of remembrance of the pain and the hurt that it doesn't matter where you are in life and how many times you've walked through healing or you've went through counseling or you've, you know, talked through that, that it will still affect you because those scars are permanent. They don't go away. You know, the the scars that you carry, especially from church hurts, are ones that are visible that you see. And no matter how much cover up you put on and makeup you try to put on, they are still there. And so even on those, you know, great days, there might be something that triggers that and and you just have that flashback and then you've got to just heal again. And I think that that's, you know, it's part of what you're you're mentioning here is that yeah, there's days that are hard that we have to stop for a minute and refresh and remember how good God is and what he's taken us through and the lessons that he's taught us and remembering that sometimes those hard things that we went through were lessons for us to learn and God needed to teach us and train us and help us become who we are today. But other times we went through those hard things because he used us to teach other people. And if we keep that in the forefront of what we're doing, we can overcome them a lot easier. When we just want to wallow and, you know, typically we um, were very lucky because if Matthew is struggling, then I'm great. And if I'm struggling, then he's great. And so we're able to balance one another. And so I would say in the middle of dealing with church hurts, having that person to bounce that off of, whether it's your spouse or your best friend or maybe your counselor or whatever that looks like. That person is going to help keep you grounded. And in the church hurts that we have experienced, it has been um, that unity between us that has kept us grounded, even in, in the middle yeah. of the hard. And I think, again, I mean, going back to where we were at, I believe it's the healthiest thing for anybody in ministry to have that outlet, mm-hmm. you know, to have that person, uh, to have that person to bounce off everything that you're going through, you know, and, and again, with that idea of perception, it was, um, it was ingrained in, in us to, to never allow that to, to, to be. Mm-hmm. And I'll even, I even recall one time I sat in a swimming pool with, with a friend that was there and I was telling him all about the struggles that we were having. And somehow it got back to the, you know, it got back to the pastor and I was brought in the office mm-hmm. and, and said, you, you're not allowed to talk about these things with people in the church. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this was, this is one thing that made me feel better. This is one thing that made me feel encouraged because he did encourage me. Yeah. And I, and I don't think he ran to the pastor saying, Oh, you won't believe what Matt told me. I think he was probably just in conversation say, yeah, Matt and I had a great conversation. I know they're going through a lot of things. And so it was just neat to be able to pray for them. And that got translated into me saying things I, you know, I shouldn't have been telling a, a, a person in the, in the congregation. And I, I just disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I disagree that anyone in leadership, um, you know, we don't have to run around with our heads hanging down with, you know, big black circles under our eyes walking around. Whoa, is me. You know, <laughs> oh, oh, life is mm-hmm. miserable. I hate everybody and everything. I don't think it's about that at all. But I think there are times where we do need to have that person to talk to. We do need to have that, have, to have that, that outlet, uh, whether it be a friend or, again, a spouse. Perfect is because... You know, you, you should be best friends with your spouse. And so that is one great thing. But having another great friend or mentor uh, that you can talk to these things about, that's that's I believe that's imperative to success in ministry, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I think about the idea that and I've heard it said before, but, you know, ministry is it's it's something you shouldn't consider a, a, a career, <laughs> but rather a calling. Yeah. You know? Ministry yeah. is a calling. It's not a career. Nobody. Definitely I don't think anybody should just you know, graduate high school and start looking down a list of things. Oh, I like that. Oh, ooh, a pastor. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a pastor as my career, you know, you mm-hmm. and, and jumping into that, I think most people would find that, wow. Okay. Now I get it. Now I see why, you know, and I think it was Charles Dobson or somebody that I read, um, a quote, I, I can't even, I probably, I'll probably kill the quote, but basically just in the sense that, you know, if you could choose anything else to do in life, do it, <laughs> choose it. Yeah. You know, don't choose ministry because it, it is it is something special. It's mm-hmm. something. Uh, it is a major calling, and and you need to be gifted, mm-hmm. you know, by the Holy Spirit enough to be able to walk through ministry. Because, again, in ministry, you're going to experience the the hardest pain. You're going to experience the biggest hurts. You're probably going to experience some of the biggest insults <laughs> that you're ever going to get in your life too. I know I have mm-hmm. uh, from the, just from the way I look, 
from the way, the clothes I've worn mm-hmm. down to wearing too much plaid down to having my beard too long, you know, down to my tattoo showing yeah. down to anything, you know? Yeah. And so you know, we, I've been insulted, you know, mm-hmm. to my face and on paper. Yes. I know what that feels like. And so when you, when you look at ministry, you have to realize, you know, I'm, I'm called to do this. And that mm-hmm. means God, you're going to, you're going to give me the, the strength and the endurance mm-hmm. and everything I need to, to make it past these mountains of, of, of hurt that I'm going to go through. And he has, uh, because, you know, again, 22 years now of marriage, um, I could have given up a long time ago. I wanted to give up a long time, a long time ago. There were years where I took <laughs> a year off and just said, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But man, that tug, that tug at my heart, that tug at my spirit that always pulled me back into doing what God's called me to do is always there. And it was always there. And it's still there today, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of uh, the negative things that we may go through. So, Mm -hmm. man, let that be an encouragement to anyone listening today that uh, uh, if if you've made it this far, (laughs) you know, you've made it this far, uh, you are called. God Mm -hmm. has gifted you with the strength and the wisdom and the endurance and all that you need to be successful in ministry. If you've made it this far, if you made it 10, 15, 20, 50 years. Hey, so, if you made it a year yeah, <laughs> and some, you're and still, time, yeah. and you're still having that call and that pull on your heart to keep going, even in the struggles, even in the um, days that you want to quit, I'm pretty sure that I have quit at least 10,000 times in, yeah. <laughs> in the last 25 years where you do just on a Sunday, you're like, that's it. I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. And well, we just spoke with a pastor that said, I quit every Monday morning. Right. We did. <laughs> and, and, and by, by noon on Monday, he, you know, yeah. the, the, the fire's back. So yeah. I, I, get I it. actually I get appreciated it. that because yeah. I, we have definitely felt that way. And, you know, I think that, um, that's just part of it. I think that in, Every job, it's not just ministry, but how many times, even if you're, you know, I worked at Starbucks when we were in college, and I'm pretty sure that I quit at least 50 times, even when I was there in my mind, and maybe even audibly at times, because I didn't want to make that drink anymore, whatever that means. And, you know, so I think in all of our jobs, that there's going to be times where we just throw our hands up and we say, I quit. And that doesn't mean I quit God. It means I quit what we're dealing with. And, you know, when you are in ministry, you are in the people business. You are in the business of serving people. And people are broken. We are broken. You know, I distinctly remember a time we took the girls to the beach and we were walking on the beach and um, Emma wanted to collect sand dollars. I I actually still have the sand dollar. And um, so she was collecting sand dollars and she kept picking up all of the broken sand dollars. And I was like, sis, what are you doing? Like, let's find all the whole sand dollars. That's what we're out here looking for. And she was holding this broken sand dollar and she looked at me. I think she was six or seven and she looked at me and she's like but mom we're all broken and that is why ministry exists because we are all broken and Jesus came to save us from that he came to redeem us and to give us life and hope and that's why we're here that's the calling that is on our life and that's why even in the middle of the heart of ministry and the church hurts that we've gone through it's that we know that we are called to a purpose greater than ourselves regardless of people regardless of the hurts regardless of all of those things because we serve a God who chose us to serve him and called us to that purpose and that is something that gets us through all of those I quit days, <laughs> gets us through those I quit moments and um, helps keep our minds in the right place. And uh, we would be lying if we said that we didn't go through, um, you know, those valleys where it's hard and we've done that a lot. Yeah. And I, I think in, in the same sense that of you saying that God has called us you know, to serve him. He's called us also to serve people. Absolutely. And that's, you know, to me, that's what, that's what leadership truly is. Um, I can, you know, I've always tried to consider myself a servant leader that I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to help you become who Christ has created you to be, who God has created you to be, uh, to be more like Jesus. And however I can help you get to that point, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to serve you in, in doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's, that's something in, in, in that idea of serving, also means that 
again, we are walking beside people Mm -hmm. in the toughest parts of their lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one thing I had to remember over, over time too, as again, as those insults have come or as people have walked away or as people just gave up or as some of them just uh, didn't click with you Mm -hmm. uh, that again, my job as, as, as a pastor, number one is, is, is to serve God, of course, but number two is to serve people and to give my, my life and my gifts to my church and allowing everything that I do uh, to help everybody in that church become who God has created them to be. Mm-hmm. And that's going to that's gonna pull out a lot of emotions and a lot of different mm-hmm. uh, reactions from people, I think, at times, too. So, And I think it's just even the idea of what a servant was, a servant you know, was never someone who lorded themselves over somebody else. A servant was somebody who was often treated poorly mm-hmm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at all these movies we've grown up with, all these different books, servants were the lowest of the low, mm-hmm. and they were often treated very badly. They had the worst uh, place to lay their head at night. They had the worst, mm-hmm. they had the, whatever was left over at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, but so it's it's always so interesting for me to compare that to serving people as, as a Christ follower, but also as a leader in a church. Uh, because again, those are the things that we are going to experience sometimes the, the hardest of the hardest days. And so, uh, that's one thing we have to be aware of in, in church ministries that, uh, we're not there to be better than anybody. We're not there to Lord our, our greatness and our goodness and our money and our power and our whatever else that we have over the people that we, are, are there with our, mm-hmm. our job is to walk beside people Absolutely. and to help, to help them become who God has created them to be. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's a lesson I've had to learn mm-hmm. over, over time. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let's take a second here and kind of talk about what, what does, what does trauma look like? And I, I, I want, I, I use the word trauma because mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. I mean, the, when, you get hurt, uh, really hurt. Mm-hmm. You go to an ER, mm-hmm. right? You you, mm-hmm. you go to the trauma ward. You get the best help you can get because your life is being threatened by something. Mm-hmm. And I think, in a sense of of, of ministry or, or or church, period, your spirituality, your your commitment to being a Christian, your commitment to God is being threatened by something. Yeah. So it's it is it's trauma to me. So what is I guess in your thoughts and your mind, what do you think trauma looks like as a church hurt? Mm. Good question. See, yeah, definitely not scripted because I wasn't prepared for that. That's kind right. Of I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> you know, I think trauma is when, especially in ministry, is when you are in a place of absolute brokenness. You are in a place of just complete disarray just you can't see up from down and so I think that when you're going through the middle of that trauma you you can't make sense of anything and it's very easy to blame God oh yeah for that trauma it's very easy to say well God I'm here serving you and look what you're doing to me look what you're putting me through um and you know I believe that PTSD is real and it's real in ministry. I have had to deal with some of that in my own life and in my own ministry walk. And I think that, I mean, think about a soldier on the battlefield fighting and the trauma that he endures, the hard that he or she endures that has them in a place where they can't think straight because of what they've seen and what they've endured and the pain and um, heartache that they've gone through. And just as much as, you know, I mean, the Bible compares being in ministry and being a warrior of Christ. And it is, you know, so similar in so many ways because we in ministry are on that front line and we are seeing things that are hard, that mentally and emotionally and spiritually deplete us of everything that we have to where it is impossible to see anything but bad at that point. And so I think that would be the trauma that, I know you and I have walked through in ministry and we've, we've been in that dark place where it never seems like you can come back from that. Yeah. 
You know, I, I look back at so many movies I've seen as soldiers have come home from war, and and man, I have such respect and love for anyone who gives their life for our country or gives their life just uh, for another soldier or just to, for their family. It's so much love and respect for that, and I I, I couldn't make that a greater or a greater thing, yeah. you know, in 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 my life uh, than to just say, just to say again, thank you for that. But absolutely, but. I also think, you know, when you talk about PTSD, you talk about those struggles when they come home, it, it, it shows up in, in all their reactions. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, it shows up when they get in an argument with their wife Mm -hmm. or their husband Mm -hmm. or, um, one of the kids, the the kids are just going crazy the whole time Mm -hmm. and they knock a, a, a glass off a table somewhere. And that noise causes a reaction, Mm -hmm. causes a bit of a, a traumatic moment and mm-hmm. you know um fireworks mm-hmm. you know that fourth of july is, is tough for a lot of soldiers as well that have been in major mm-hmm. battle mm-hmm. so you know when i when i think about you know how we have been hurt or how people have been hurt by the church it 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 shows up at home yeah it shows up with your spouse it shows up with your kids it shows it shows up when you go to the grocery store it shows up when you're standing in line at walmart and there's five people ahead of you. It shows mm-hmm. when, you know, that poor old lady at the front of the line is, you know, counting her, her pennies while you're, you're just, you know, you're, you're angry. Mm-hmm. It shows up everywhere. And it's amazing how to me, that's, that's the idea of trauma. That's what tr- church trauma has looked like in my life because mm-hmm. it didn't just affect how I saw church. It affected how I saw everything. Absolutely. I saw everything red half the time because I was so angry with something that happened at a church that I was seeing red when I was at a grocery store, when I was, dropping my kids off at school and then there were 15 cars ahead of me not going fast enough for me, you know, (laughs) or, or in traffic or anything like that. And so, um, that's how I have always kind of taken church, church trauma from, uh, from my standpoint is, uh, it's, it's made me bitter. It's made me angry, but it's oftentimes it wasn't, uh, you know, I, I could go to church on Sunday and, you know, a different church or something stand next to my wife and lift my hands and sing a song, clap my hands and walk out there saying, man, I really like that church. That was, I liked that message. The, the worship was great, but in a, in a sense, you know, I, my anger wasn't put towards the church. My anger would, would come out when I'd go home or when on the way home or, or when I'd go to my job or when anything like that. And so to me, it's so weird how that trauma does show up. And when I think about, again, like you were saying a moment ago with that PTSD of a soldier um, and I would never possibly even try to minimi- minimalize, minimize, no. minimize, there we go, minimize, minimize mm-hmm. what they've gone through and what they battle coming home yeah. from a, from a tour or something like that. But there's times where you can be like, man, I, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I know it's not as extreme and I know it's not as probably is not as painful, but wow, it's, it's just, it's amazing to me how I will react to something that has nothing to do with my kid or nothing to do with my spouse or nothing to do with anybody at that, at that grocery store or at work. And it's, it's all because I was mad. I'm still carrying this anger mm-hmm. from how hurt I was uh, from my mm-hmm. former pastor or from my mm-hmm. former, some, you know, from a former leader. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's what, that's what the trauma can, can show up in, in, in my life. And mm-hmm. I, I know there's many people that I've talked to in my life, um, you know, just not that weren't in ministry or were in ministry. And it's the same thing. It just, it's an anger and it's a, it's a, like a heavy backpack full of rocks you carry around mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. So how do you unpack that? One rock at a time. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, you know, here we're talking about the trauma and we're yeah. talking about what we've carried with us and what we've endured. But how do you get through that? How do you let things roll off your back? How do you move forward when you've endured that kind of pain? And that's, you know, something we've had to also do and overcome yeah. and walk through. And so I think, you know, that would be the, the next step is when you've endured trauma and you stop to assess what is in front of you, what has happened, when you get the right people around you, the right team around you, then you can start to unpack. And I remember um, 
there is a speaker and author. Her name is Lori Salerno, and she actually I, I got to see her in person at a women's retreat and I remember she was sharing how when she endured trauma in her own life that she you know realized that if you could just crawl like a baby if you could just you know army crawl like on your hands and knees and pulling yourself forward at least you're moving forward and that forward movement even if it's slow even if it's you know hardly anything it's still moving forward and as you you keep doing that you begin to build strength and that strength is what will lead you to being able to move a little faster which will lead you to be on your hands and knees which will then lead you to being able to start to you know stand up until you get to a place where you can finally run again and so we've had to walk through that we've had to we've had days where we are hardly able to army crawl yeah. and yeah. we've had to walk through that from you know each step of that each phase of that from the crawling um and just dragging ourselves and sometimes it might have been you know us pushing one another from behind and helping you know or dragging one another and being able to help us get through um those moments but it has been to get through the trauma has been to endure the walk, endure the you know the race yeah. of that. Yeah, I you know my pastor and I just had a good conversation last week, and you know one thing he told me was you know one of the hardest two two of the hardest conversations he ever had ever had to have in his life was one um, <coughs> asking for his wife's hand in marriage from her father you know, which we you know as as husbands if we had to do that scariest moment you of our had lives. to do my mom <laughs> yeah I, yeah with her as mom but the second one was a moment where he had to tell his spouse i need help yeah i i, I need help i need to get help mm-hmm. and i think for us guys again that's always a pride issue because we want to be the breadwinners we want to be the the priests of our household we want to be the kings of our castles and all that fun stuff. And for us sometimes to, to realize that we are, are failing. We're failing in a certain area. We're messed up in a certain area. We're not doing what we're supposed to be doing for us to actually say those words. I need help mm. is the hardest thing to do. And I know it has been for me, uh, many years of my life, not just in church ministry, but in, in, in our marriage with our kids, um, many times, and even just with my past, uh, trauma, family trauma, you know, when you, when you think about stuff like that, which whole nother show, right. (laughs) Um, just to say those words, I need to get help. I need to get help because it's one thing. It's beautiful when you have a wonderful relationship with your spouse to be able to share anything and everything with them. And if you do that good on you, that's awesome. That's what being married's about. But there's a point sometimes where we got to take it further we got to knock down that wall of pride. we got to realize that as great as that is, it, it needs to be more. It needs mm-hmm. to be deeper. It needs to be, some, it needs to be professional or it needs to be sitting with a group of men in, in a specific study of something you're struggling with that you can share life with and bounce life off each other with. Mm-hmm. And so for me, uh, that's what I had to do when it, when it came to church ministry. And, and I'll be honest, you know, here I am 22 years later of, of being in church ministry and being in marriage and, and being a father, being a husband. And there's been a number of times again, that I had to say, I I need help and I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's going on, but I need help. I need to figure this Mm -hmm. out. And again, that's a hard thing to say to your spouse. That's a hard thing to say to your church leaders. That's a hard Mm -hmm. thing to say to your pastor. It's a hard thing to say to your kids, Mm -hmm. but, but I'm so amazed at how, when you actually do make it happen, the change that people see in you, the, mm-hmm. the change that your spouse sees in you, the, mm-hmm. the change that your kids mm-hmm. see in you. And I know that's how it was for me. And, you know, I've had to sit in counseling and talk about, you know, I'm, I'm as I'm talking about ministry, as I'm talking about being angry with God or how I'm tired of this, how, why I keep jumping, you know, why it seems to only be a year and a half that I'm in ministry. And then I move on to something else. I had to sit in, in, in professional counseling, telling a pastor this. And then all of a sudden I'm talking about, old family history and I'm red in the face, angry. Mm-hmm. I'm punching a pillow. I'm taking a pillow and I'm punching a chair where I'm yelling at a chair over something, you know? And, and so it's amazing how a lot of times too, that, that, that church hurt 
it's 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 not often just the church hurt. It's the many things that we mm-hmm. carry in our lives. Mm-hmm. But again, because we're talking about church hurt today, that's just the way that that's another thing that us as husbands, as us as church leaders can do is carry that from church to church or carry that from month to month or week to week until we explode or till something happens in our marriage or things like that. And so that's a place that, uh, again, we don't, we don't want to be right. And as wives, we, and, and women, we are fine. We're fine. fine. Freaked we, out. Insecure. Insecure, neurotic and emotional. <laughs> if <you've laughs> you know, it. you know, Yeah. but, uh, but we're fine. And that's what, you know, we tend to, to ex- how we tend to express ourselves is we're fine. I'm good. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. And us guys do it too. And, you know, know, we also are fixers. We are nurturers. And so we want to, you know, fix something that we can't necessarily fix or that nurturing side comes out in us. And we think that we can handle it ourselves and fix it ourselves. And, you know, I also have gone through um, counseling and been able to break down those things and really look at the big picture on why I feel the way I feel. And, you know, I think really the big takeaway from this is it's okay to not be okay. Absolutely. But you have to move forward from that. So even if you are not okay, then what is the step? What is the army crawl that's going to take you to move forward? For us, it was counseling. It was not just individual counseling. We had couples counseling. We did a lot of different things that helped make us individually stronger and stronger as a couple. And so it is okay to not be okay. And you have to get to a place where you can get out of that. And so it's time to start that army crawl. It's time to move forward because it is inevitable that we will be hurt in our life. It is inevitable that whether it comes from a spouse or a friend or a family member or the person driving next to us or the church or whatever that looks like, we will experience hurt and we will experience grief from that hurt. But it is how we move forward that really matters. I mean, in 20 five years of ministry or maybe longer, we have experienced a lot of hurt, but wow, have we experienced a lot of amazing, amazing things. And we have seen God move in ways that we could, you know, sit and talk about for days um, and how good God is and what he's pulled us through. And you know, we talked about one church experience with you guys and we have dozens, <laughs> it feels like, that we could sit and talk about. But it all boils down to the fact that in ministry, you were dealing with people and dealing with people. You know, I, my pastor growing up, um, Jeff Johnson, said, you know, people are bummers and you have to remember that you are doing this for God. And if you keep your mind on the fact that you are doing this for God, you will be able to keep moving forward. If you dwell on the fact that you are doing this for people while you are going to be hurt, you are not going to be able to move past that. And so you have to keep focus on this is between God and I, and he will give me the strength to get through it. And we are living examples of that. We we've had to endure. Um, People are bummers, but God is not. Sounds like a surfer. Was he? He was. Okay. (laughs) He is, I should say. (laughs) People are bummers, man. That was a Southern California pastor. Shout out to Calvary Chapel Downey. I was thinking, you know, that that phrase again, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. But it's not okay to stay not okay. Correct. I'm going to coin that. There you go. Write that down. (laughs) No, but it really is. I think, again, because... And I can speak, I'm, I only speak from a male standpoint because one, that's what I am. But, but number two, I've, I've, I've had so much, so many opportunities of counseling with other men. I've had many opportunities of sitting in groups with other men who we've all talked about this. We've all talked about that moment where we had to just throw our hands up and, and ask for help. And we had mm-hmm. to, we had to realize that we're not okay. And if we stay that way, we're going to, we're going to ruin even more things. Mm -hmm. We're going to break even more things. Um, 
you know, spiritually, mentally, emotionally speaking, we're going to, we're going to break things even more. So again, so, so as a husband, as, as a father, as a, as a man, um, that's, that's the one thing I have to recommend is, is we have to knock down that wall of pride and literally find help. Mm -hmm. We just have to do it. And I can tell you that the, the greatest moments of my growth as a husband, as, as a male, as anything have, have happened because I said I needed help and I sought it out. Mm -hmm. I did it. And maybe that was sitting in a group or maybe that was paying for, you know, counseling or, or even being part of churches that, that knew I needed it and and paid for it for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, praise the Lord for that. Yeah. So, um, but just to sit and, and, and talk and, and, a lot of people think, you know, it feels like AA or it feels like, you know, I got to go sit in a, in a narcotics anonymous group and I got to say these 12 things, or I got to say the serenity prayer and, and be all weird. But man, to be honest, and, and those are absolutely amazing programs between celebrate recovery mm-hmm. and, um, we've been part of them. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and all these amazing, um, and remedy like we have at our church and, yeah. and so many programs that are designed for these specific things. But in those moments that we are so overwhelmed with one specific thing, man, what a freedom it is to sit and talk with other people that are walking the same road you are mm-hmm. and to just have the moment to be honest and be real and be raw. And I'll sit, I know I've sat in groups with guys that they would drop every F bomb and S bomb and <laughs> D bomb, uh, as, as they poured out that reality, as they poured out that struggle, mm-hmm. as they poured out that hurt, and then to watch t- tears fall from their faces yeah. and to and to have tears falling from my face as I was surrendering something that I've been held, holding on to for so long. There mm-hmm. is so much stinking freedom yeah. in that. And that's been my biggest um, source of healing from the, the, the deepest hurts in my life and even from some of the deepest hurts that I've caused um, other people, my spouse, um, just that things that have happened along the road of life. So, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's my biggest recommendation. Yeah. And I, 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 I know it sounds so cliche, go get help, but man, it's one thing to say it. Yeah. It is one thing to say it as a husband, father, man, wife, mother, grandmother, all that stuff. It's one thing to say it, but to actually take that step mm-hmm. and get out there and do it. There are so much freedom. Absolutely. And I think that like you mentioned, well, uh, it's going to be like AA or any of those things. I think that's just the excuse that we use. It's what we, you know, try to throw up. Well, I'm not, I don't need that. I'm, I'm not, I don't struggle. I don't have an addiction. Yes, you struggle. Yes, you have issues. We all have issues. <laughs> Actually, we have shirts that say I have issues yeah. and um, Jesus is the remedy. But, you know, we we all have issues. And if we think that we are above getting help. Wow, that's that's a whole nother issue in and of itself, yeah. because you are never too strong to ask for help you you know you you will not have that physical strength to get through everything that you are going to go through you need help that is why God created people that is why he created relationships so that we can get the help that we need that's why as spouses we are help mates with one another and that's why you know we seek relationships that's why we are created for that because it is something that does change your life is being able to speak to somebody else who can turn around and pour life right back into you. And so if you are going through a church hurt, if you have gone through a church hurt, if you are still struggling with that, if you are broken from that, we first and foremost want to encourage you to seek help, whether that is through a close family friend, a relative, a counselor, whatever that looks like in your life to seek help. And if you do not have somebody in your life that you feel you can talk to, please send us a message. Please let us partner beside you and walk that road with you and give you some encouragement um, on that journey. And so reach out and get the help that you need. And don't be embarrassed. There's no judgment here. We have gone through 
the hardest of hard yeah. and have come out stronger on the other side. It's that refiner's fire kind of, you know, thought of like we've gone through the fire and we've come out more beautiful than we could have imagined. And that beauty from the ashes that yeah. we've seen. Hey, thanks. But <laughs> but that's it's it's really what we've walked through, what we've lived and we've seen how God has taken us through hard and made us better. And so allow in your life, the hard that you're enduring, allow it to make you better and stronger. And that way you get to use that story that you're going through to help somebody else and help them through their journey. We have had the amazing opportunity to share our stories and help other people who are walking through something similar because of what we've endured. And you guys have that opportunity to take the rough and the hard and the um, things that seem impossible and get the help that you need and then share that so that you get to impact somebody else's life and make a difference in their life. And so that's our, our challenge for you guys is to seek the help that you need so that you can be the best that you can be and God can continue to do amazing things through you because he will if you just let him. Sure will. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a lot. I'm with you. I'm with you on that <laughs> one. Yeah, so. just know again if if you want to reach out to us, um, we're gonna, you know, in whether that's through a, a messenger or mm-hmm. um email or even giving us a call. I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're gonna be probably a lot more real and honest with you there than we would be on <laughs> on on the camera. So for sure. Uh because, you know, again, those are the moments that bring healing in my in my opinion. And my experience are are those real, raw, honest moments that we can mm-hmm. share with each other. And uh, we are absolutely willing to do that uh, for you and mm-hmm. with you. So, yeah, so I think, man, this is going to lead us to a whole nother conversation, which we can talk about next week is is what rebuilding trust looks yeah. like in a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think at some point in time, we just, we stop trusting people. We stop trusting leaders. We stop trusting what the church is. And we try to do it on our own or we walk away from it. And so, um, rebuilding trust is a biggest, to me is one of the biggest pieces in moving forward in ministry, um, Mm -hmm. or even just sitting down on a, on a church chair or a pew, whatever you want to call it, um, (laughs) and get, get walking back in those doors again after being hurt. So, yeah. And yeah, cause it's not just trusting the church, but it's trusting God. Yeah, And it's, it's really easy when those church hurts hit that your trust in God also is hit. That's right. And so I think that would be a great. That's right. Find next out week. next week right here. <laughs> yeah. And so let's, let's dive into what that looks like Absolutely. to rebuild after a church hurt. Yep. So we'll unravel that. All right. Next Unraveling week. trust. I think hopefully that's a good like hook, line and sinker for you to join us yes. next week. That's right. That wasn't planned, but I think that that you know works out like real the well. Dukes, of ha- I'm going to date myself here, uh, but the Dukes of Hazard show. Find out next week when Bo and Luke, you know how it all plays out for them. We're, so we're gonna we're gonna put it out there too. Yeah. There That's you go. for my you know 40 and up crowd for sure. If you know, you know. Yeah, if you're in your 30s, you're like Dukes of Hazard. What's that? What is that? Or if you think it has anything to do with Jessica Simpson, we got a problem. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For Johnny Knoxville, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we love you guys. Thank you again for joining us this week on Unraveled with Matt and Lisa. Man, what a what a joy it is to do life with you to to walk this journey together, and mm-hmm. especially with you. Hey, you're pretty with awesome. you too. You're pretty cute. All I right. like you. Well, try to be. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. Make sure to like and follow and subscribe so that you get all of the notifications when all of these things post live so that you can continue to unravel things with us. So thanks for being here. We hope you guys Thank have you an so incredible much. day or evening, whichever one you're listening. And uh, may God bless you and go before you and give you the strength that you need to seek the help that you need. Awesome. Have a great week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.